Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noon. It's Tuesday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. All of today's top stories in one place. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron. So the Phoenix Suns are getting ready for game two against the Clippers tonight at Footprint Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock, and you can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. So what does Monty Williams think needs to improve in game two? There's always things that you can do better. Uh, You're making in-game adjustments on the fly. Um, But the thing that stuck out, you know, we we know we didn't play uh, the kind of basketball that we are accustomed to. They had a lot to do with it, but the rebound piece was something that um, they know it, we know it. We have to do a better job. 14 offensive rebounds. That was hard to swallow. In the fourth quarter, those last few possessions, I think we were on defense for 51 seconds because they kept getting extra possessions. So we got to keep those guys off the glass. So that's where Monty Williams went. Where does your mind go when it comes to improving in Game 2 for the Suns? i tell you one thing we haven't talked much about is with all this stuff that they could improve, Wolf, they did still almost win Game 1. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it took it took the Suns not getting anything from their bench, taking Kevin Durant out of the game themselves seemingly in the last nine minutes. Um, it took them not getting rebounds. It took Kawhi scoring 38. It took Russell Westbrook playing out of his mind other than his shooting. And they still almost won the game. So honestly, if you just fix like two of those things, you should be fine. Yeah, I like the fact that Monty was talking about rebounding because I think rebounding is only the tip of the physicality mountain that the Phoenix Suns need to climb. This is their challenge. This is what I would like to see improved by the Phoenix Suns. This is their their task. Become more physical. The, the playoffs are more physical. You, individually, need to be more physical. DeAndre Ayton, you need to set the tone of physicality for this team going forward. They need to embrace the second season and the fact that it is more physical. That's what they need to adjust more than anything else. That's what they need to do. You know nobody can hear you say rebound without hearing you do the rebound that basketball thing, right? That's interesting, right? Rebound that basketball. Rebound that basketball. Yeah, so you're going to get that chant going at the game tonight? Who might want to rip that off the locker as well? (laughs) Scott Foster is the crew chief for tonight's Suns-Clippers game. Chris Paul has a near-decade-long losing streak in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. So should that matter? Here's ESPN's Brian Windhorst when he joined you guys earlier today. I mean, it it absolutely shouldn't. Um, I mean, I know that you can certainly find a highlight package where Chris and Scott have gotten into each other. But, like, Kevin Durant has won. I think I looked at the stats. I think Durant is 16-9 and nine with Scott Foster as his playoff uh, referee. <laughs> you know, it's not like, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, I understand why it's interesting and it's just a delicious topic. Right. And, you know, Scott, 
uh, definitely has moments where he can be a little um, maybe more in the spotlight than you'd like an official to be. But um, it's very, very reductive. Um, that's not how playoff games are decided. Does that streak end tonight, guys? <laughs> oh, that's not what I expected the question to be. Yeah, um, I think it does. I think it, I, boy, I hope it does. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when you put it that way, it's like the Suns, okay, they need to win game two. All right. You know, they've, uh, they've lost uh, five of their last six playoff games. Okay. I believe KD's lost actually his last seven playoff games. All right. They have to end a 10 game losing streak for Chris Paul or 10 year losing streak against Scott Foster. All right. It's getting kind of heavy now at this yeah. point. It's going to be fascinating to watch, right? Can, can Kevin Durant blot out Chris Paul and the record with Scott Foster? We're going to find out. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, besides Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who needs to be a difference maker for the Suns to win game two? Your choices. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Torrey Craig, bench guys. I'm I'm probably not taking the most popular answer, but I'm I'm gonna say Chris Paul. I'm guessing Da is the most popular answer, but I I, I like to treat Da like if he gives you what you need, that's gravy and you win the game. I, I don't like going into a game depending on him to do it, so I'm gonna go with Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm gonna go bench guys because of Josh Akogi. Assuming, of course, he's coming off the bench as he did in Game One. He might actually be starting. We'll see. But Josh Akogi is what I'm going with the bench guys. So 68% say DeAndre Ayton, 17% say Chris Paul, 14% say the bench guys, and 1% said Tory Craig. Boy, that is really, really low. I'm surprised at that. What on Tory Craig? Ten points. Oh. Yeah. The, the bench scored ten points. I guess oh the, the thought is there's not going to be a they, lot of a lot they, of the bench out there late in the game, right? That's part of the, the equation there, I guess. Oh, okay. So it's late in the game. No, it's not. I'm just saying. I wonder if that's if that's how people are voting. You know, if you're just thinking late in the game. If you're thinking uh, okay. late of, in game one, uh, Chris Paul I, I, couldn't hit a shot and DeAndre Ayton couldn't grab yeah, a rebound. You know what I'm thinking about right here? The fact that the bench scored 10 points and they had three attempts from the floor with almost three quarters played. Three attempts from the floor. The bench. The entire. Okay, that's enough. The NFL draft is a little over a week away, and there is still a question mark surrounding the top four picks and just how many quarterbacks could be selected. Here's ESPN's Adam Schefter. We've been hearing about quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. That's not going to happen, I don't believe, in this draft. And what would happen if and when we've seen Carolina make the move up right away, right away for a quarterback at one, but we haven't seen anybody trade up to two when Houston's open to listening. We haven't seen anybody trade up to number three because you know what? I think Indianapolis thinks there's a real chance right now that they could sit right where they are at four and get potentially the second quarterback in this draft. There's a chance we might not see a quarterback go at two or even three and there might not be a team that trades up because the value in that isn't what we thought it would be. All right, guys. <laughs> so, when the NFL draft kicks off on Thursday, how many quarterbacks will go in the top four? I'm going to 
still three. say three. Yeah, I still think one, two, four, or one, two, three. I, st- I still think that's the way it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, I think it's going to be three right there, and I hope Indianapolis feels that way, too. That's great. <laughs> See, that might be Indy leaking that as well. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> taking it. You know what? Carolina might not even take a quarterback. What are you talking about? We're fine right where we are. Teams Jackie. might not even use the quarterback that's in right. the 2023 season. We might just go direct snap all wildcat what, all the time. What do you think? We're desperate? We don't need a quarterback. Is that what you think? We've had eight in the last five years. What makes you think we need one? Yes, Give that's me a my, break. That's, I'm going to go with three. three yeah, I'm going three, and Indy is the one leaking the story. Three, which is ironically the number of quarterbacks <laughs> Indianapolis uses most seasons, so maybe they should actually just trade up one spot and draft a quarterback. It's not going to go one, two, three, four. Stop it. All right, uh, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, what needs to go from Game 1 to Game 2, and, and what should the Suns keep around from Game 1 to Game 2? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. All right, it wasn't all bad in game one. I mean, the result was. You really don't care <laughs> about the other stuff in the playoffs. You just care if you win or lose. But if you're looking at adjustments to make going into tonight's game, Wolf, we've talked about a few. We've played some clips from Monty Williams. But there are also some things the Suns need to keep, I would say, from uh, from game one of this series. Yeah. Let me throw a couple at you. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, let's uh, do that. Devin Booker's defense. Okay, I'd yeah, like to keep that. Look. That was pretty good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like um, to see him a little bit more assertive on offense. So yeah, yeah, offensively, I'd love to see him, especially down the stretch, be a little bit more aggressive, looking for his shot. Yeah, um, Chris Paul's rebounding. I'd like to keep that. I'd like to get rid of uh, Chris Paul shooting <laughs> in that game and get, yeah. get back the Chris Paul that usually just hits most mid range shots. Yeah, forget about the mid range. Let's just go CP three. We might see a lot of that actually tonight. I, I would, I would like to see that. I would. I'd like to see him given the opportunity to do it and him pull the trigger on that and shoot the three the way that we saw him do over the last eight times. They actually played with Kevin Durant. I want to play this clip for you that's on Twitter, and I, it, it's from uh, it's Cameron Magruder, okay, award-winning content creator. Yeah. You're, you're a content creator, aren't you, Wolf? Uh, I think so. Technically, yeah, I think you are I a content creator. We, yeah, we are. Um, he posted this. It's getting some pretty good run among Suns fans. It's uh, He just titled it Suns Fans After Game 1, okay? Okay. So, <laughs> just looking at this and just... I don't want to influence how you hear this, but to me, this sounded a lot like our pre-show meeting yesterday. Okay, okay. That's, this is just this is one guy. It's just Cameron Magruder. Okay, I'm just, we don't have the video. I, I can't play the video for you over the radio. I'm going to play the audio. Okay, okay. yeah. Well, that sucked. I didn't even have Paul George, and we still lost. I knew when we traded for KD, our bench would be bad. I didn't know it would be this bad. Kevin Booker was fouled on the last play. I don't know what Booker was doing on the last play. Why are you complaining to the refs? Get the ball. These were some of the worst <laughs> rotations I've ever seen in my life. Why didn't we get KD more involved? I think I can do a better job coaching than Monty. Give Durant the ball and get out the way. 
It's because he got a haircut. Katie should have never got a haircut. Chris Paul doesn't want to win a championship. Not playing like that, he does. He just wants to do commercials. I don't care if he had 10 assists. It's the playoff. You got to score more than seven points. Y'all need to calm down. It's game one. Chris Paul legit could be cursed. At least we don't have to worry about the Suns and four guy. Monty learned nothing from last season. Grab the ball, Aiden. Can Aiden get a rebound when it matters? Chris Paul had more rebounds than DeAndre Aiden. Grab the ball. Russell Westbrook went three for 19 and they still won. You got to stop being so soft. We need Paul George to play, honestly. Playoff P is terrible. Give KD the ball. That's all we got to do. Kevin Durant has lost seven of his last playoff games? Is that true? Man, better stop shooting threes in the corner and get to the bucket. I wish Westbrook would have said something to me. I'm suing immediately for emotional distress. Is that the Suns money guy? I would be the Suns money guy after that altercation. If we rebound like this all series, we will lose. At least we're not the Timberwolves. If we lose this series, we need to fire Monty. He has no idea how to use KD. Thankfully, it's not about how you start. KD won't shoot that bad again. Kawhi had an amazing game. Who knows if he's going to repeat that? We'll be fine. I guess it's time to rally the valley. We'll be fine. Oh my goodness, that's so good. Some of those really hit home, didn't they? Oh, that is so good. Congratulations, brother. That is some funny, funny stuff. It really, that, that did sound a, like our pre-show meeting yesterday. Yeah, and there's some truth into what he's saying as well. Yeah, there's a lot of truth there's in there. a lot of fans out there that feel that way, but I, I'm sure even some analysts, hardcore analysts, that feel that way as well. The, well, he definitely had a few DA lines. Grab the ball. Grab the ball. <laughs> that's the one that, I love. That sounded, that sounded Grab familiar. Grab the ball. Uh, the one that actually oddly hit home for me because I had this thought this morning and I hadn't seen that video yet was, well, at least we're not Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is so good right there. What is the one thing that's, that really stood out to you, though, from that little cut you just Well, made? I mean, the the uh, every the time money. he came back to, well, yeah, that. The and, and Kevin Durant me. needs more shots at the end of the game. Yeah. Get KD the ball, yeah. I just, you know, honestly, uh, how many Suns fans out there right now are looking at Monty Williams and saying, you know what, Tom, you got, a, you got outcoached in game one. How many a Suns lot. fans do you think are out there uh, that most, actually most. look at him and say that? Um yeah, you know, I I wonder if how Monty really feels about that. He took responsibility. He did for a lot of it. Um, I don't know where this goes because, like you, I still think the Suns come back and win this series. Um, but just even doing radio hits yesterday, I got asked the question a few times of like how how. Not on the hot seat, but like, where is Monty Williams if they lose in the first round? <sighs> and even when we had Brian Windhorst on earlier, when we asked him about Scott Foster, he said there's more pressure on Monty Williams tonight than there is on, on Scott Foster. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not going down this path because I, A, think the Suns are going to win this series, and B, even if they get swept, I don't think Monty Williams' job is in jeopardy. But uh, if they get swept, well, maybe swept. Yeah. yeah. But um, if they if they get past the first round, I don't think there's any conversation. If they lose in the first round, the only reason that you would have to start to be aware of things is because you do have a new owner, right? Yeah. And no, that's a big right. That's a that's a very a big one. So yeah. um, I just I, there is a lot of pressure on Monty Williams in this series in particular, and it's tough because you're going up against Ty Lue, who would it Winhorst say he's regarded by some as the Bill yeah. Belichick of, of the NBA. Uh, well, I, you know, and just remembering what a lot of people said last year, of course, um, a lot of, I, I don't necessarily agree, but a lot of analysts, um, they said he was outcoached. 
um, a couple of times in the series. The Suns won. The Pelicans. The Will- they yeah, by Willie Green. Yeah. To the Pelicans series. And a lot as- of people point to that and say the Suns had their most success when Willie Green was here, too. Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't, I mean, that, that uh, is I true, know. but I don't believe right. it was all Willie Green, but I'm just saying this narrative is out there now. I, I know that it's out there, and yet at the same time, I respect Monty so much in regard to um, him being a coach and understanding that you've got players, and players are the ones that go out and execute schemes. Never forget that. And it's interesting that the Suns, with all of the talent that they have, ultimately, I don't think it's going to come down to scheme. It's going to come down to skill. Whether or not the Suns actually go far, win a championship, whatever it may be, beat the Clippers this series, it's going to be because of their skill, not a scheme. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, And hit some shots off the bench, too, would help, too, but... uh... We asked this question of Kellen Olsen before the series even started. Can the Suns win the series if Monty gets out coached? Because I believe Monty Williams is a really good coach and can be a really good coach and still get out coached by Tyron Lue in the series. And I would say one game in, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they threw some looks at the Suns that the Suns weren't ready for. Monty Williams said that. Now the question is, and that's why there's so much pressure on him tonight, is... How does he adjust back? Because you have to adjust now. You're down in the series. Right. And again, I'm not trying to say that scheme doesn't matter, Luke. I'm not trying to say that. It does. It does. Rotations matter. Um, You know, who you start, Tory Craig. Who you start, who you bring off the bench, playing 11 guys. I mean, all of that, it does matter. Scheme matters. Coaching matters. It's just... I think so many people out there put way too much emphasis on well, to your point, way too much. He's probably not playing six guys off the bench if any of them are giving him what he wants right away. You know, so I, I, we're going to have to see how these minutes break down because I, I don't know how you give Landry Sham at 24 minutes if, if minutes are going to be at a premium, and they are in the playoffs anyway. It, you kind of have to pick one or two guys and and see and just kind of commit to them at a certain spot. And then obviously you're going to have the big men rotating in for D.A. if he gets in foul trouble or even just to give him a rest. I, I just I would be surprised if we see 11 guys play tonight, because the problem with 11 guys playing is really none of them play. You know what I mean? Like your your five starters play, but your six bench guys, you played six bench guys, but really only Landry Shamit played enough to yeah. to actually impact the game. Yeah, and he didn't really impact the game. You know, it's interesting because we had stay or go. We had that coming into this beautiful part of the program. And Book's headband has got to stay, right? <laughs> Book's headband. I need, just, I need confirmation to, on the record with the headband. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I don't know what it is. That's a good point right there. But um, I, I think keep the headband. Book. Okay. Love that. CP3! Somehow, some way, we got to get CP3 back to shooting the three, you know, and, and making and, shots. And making the three, yeah. <laughs> and making, making shots. The three. Making you know, shots I, late. I understand yeah, he wasn't hitting a lot of his shots, of course, in game one. We need CP3 back, of course. Um, I would say Torrey Craig, that needs to stay. Torrey Le- Craig's offense, yeah. Yeah, Lee. Leave Tory Craig in the starting lineup. I got no problem with that. I think his size and his length, it's a better matchup. I get that. But what needs to go is Josh Akogi playing seven minutes, in my opinion. Yeah. That needs to go. That's the one because I, I think Craig will be starting again. I, I don't I don't get the sense that Monty Williams was unhappy with Tory Craig. I mean, 
he was one of your better offensive players, and Monty even said they don't expect anybody to stop Kawhi, really, just trying to slow him down. Uh, but I'm with you on a Kogi. Let's, let's at least see what he can do for a few minutes tonight, more, more than seven minutes. And if he Look, if he goes out there and just flops, then yeah. you don't have to keep him. But I, I think that he's... He's probably a little bit of what you need right now. I think he's going to be an X-Factor. I do. Josh Akogi. The most X-Factory of the players on the uh, on the Suns roster right now. Text us uh, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. We'll get back into the uh, the Adam Schefter prediction for the top of the drafts. It probably wouldn't be great for the Cardinals if it went down this way. We'll talk about that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! All right, well, if you hear the fire guy, you know it's time for our hottest ticket qualifier. It's our last hottest ticket qualifier uh, for game two. Well, tonight uh, against the, uh, the Clippers. Vinny Vital from Phoenix. Vinny, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets. If Vinny Vital doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we will open the phone lines to somebody else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify by texting ticket to 62620 and listen for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Once again, Vinny Vital from Phoenix, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Back over to uh, to football. Maloney touched on this during Wolf and Down Your Lunch. We got to get deeper into it, Wolf. The idea that the Texans wouldn't go quarterback at two, and somehow a quarterback wouldn't go at three at that point, and everything just falls right to the Colts. Um, here's Adam Schefter yesterday talking about the quarterback rush. He says, "Yeah, it'll be there, but it might." Start a lot later than we think. These teams right now seem willing to wait. They seem willing to wait. And I don't think we're going to see a quarterback go at two. And I think all the teams that were talking about trading up to three know that. And so they could sit back and wait. And so this great quarterback rush that we've all been expecting might start a little bit later than we all thought. I'm just telling you. Mm. Hmm. You know, um, it's very, very interesting, of course. Um, I, I will say there are some pluses to the possibility of Houston at number two taking a player. And that player would be, most people believe, Will Anderson. There is, there is a real positive to that. Now, you know how badly I want Will Anderson, right? You know. But having said that, if Will Anderson were to go number two, man, that means C.J. Stroud is still out there. And that means somebody is moving up to number three. I believe this. This is just me from, oh, I don't know, number 11. And that means there's going to be a huge cachet of draft picks that will be brought as well. That might be the best case scenario for the Cardinals at this point. And I know I've said this probably here. I know I've said it in other places before. I like Will Anderson a lot. Right. Will Anderson to me, my my plan for this offseason for the Cardinals would have been to keep Byron Murphy and certainly to keep Buda Baker. They haven't lost yet, but ideally keep Zach Allen and then all and, and you have what you've got Allen, you've got Murphy, you've got Jalen Thompson, you've got Buda Baker, you've got Zaven Collins, you've got Isaiah Simmons. 
then you add Will Anderson to that, and your defense is legitimately a strength. Not like the strength of your team, like a strong defense within the context of the rest of the NFL. But if you're letting pieces of that go, and you've already let two go, and we don't know what's up with Buddha now, uh, I don't know that it might not just be better to get a bunch of picks instead of Will Anderson because <laughs> I know they don't seem to really have yeah. a... a, a <laughs> the same plan I would have had. I don't want to say they don't have any plan, but I, it seems like the plan is more, let's push this down the line, and that would lend itself to stockpile picks. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to come around to that, the harsh reality of it. I really am. When you're talking about Buda Baker and what's going on with Buda and Buda ba- Baker might actually be traded, is that really a possibility that the Cardinals would do that? Uh, yes, if he wants to be traded and is demanding. It all depends how much he's demanding to be traded. Just had an out-of-body experience when you said, and Buda Baker might be traded. Yeah. Like, just take yourself back, I don't know, five, six days. How ridiculous that sentence would have sounded. Sure. Certainly take yourself back six months, seven months, start of last season. If somebody had said, hey, you know, they're going to, it's going to be talk of trading Buda Baker this uh, offseason. Yes. You'd have been like, what? Yes. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. talked about the fact it can't happen. It, It cannot happen. And yet I also said that Buda knows that it can't happen. And yet he's requesting it. That does not bode well to me. It doesn't. Now, I could be really wrong on that. I haven't talked to Buddha, of course. I haven't seen Buddha. It's not like we play cards every Wednesday night. He does make fun of your backpack. I, he does make... <laughs> thank you so much for that. Just want to point I that appreciate out. Yeah. it. Yeah, Buddha. It's not a purse. Stop it. It isn't. <laughs> okay. Um, but having said that, again, you know... Um, yeah, maybe it maybe it's a, a better situation if, in fact, Houston does take Will Anderson. Then I'll know. Well, we had no chance to get Will Anderson at number three. No chance whatsoever. Houston took Will Anderson. Now you got to sell the farm, and maybe that's ultimately the best way to go for the Cardinals. What if Houston got really crazy? Like you go back to the Lance Zerline mock where he had Houston not taking a quarterback. And there there is some merit to Houston not taking a quarterback before everybody just dismisses that. They might they might want their quarterback next year. They might really want Caleb Williams or somebody like that. Doesn't mean they'll get him, but they might not really love any of these quarterbacks beyond Bryce Young and they might know he's going to Carolina and they might not want to be linked to a guy that they're kind of yeah you know, because you're kind of locked in with a quarterback that you take that high for at least a little while. But what if that Lance Zerline mock were true and they, they didn't take a quarterback, but they took Tyree Wilson in his mock? Yeah. I mean, I'd be stunned by that. Me too. But what if Will Anderson's there and there's a bunch of calls for the pick because C.J. Stroud's still there? <sighs> Then what are you doing? Okay. What about Buddha? Where's Buddha? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. See, it comes back to that now. Man, what a deal. Oh, I would go give the so pick to Buddha painful. and be like, will you just stay here if we give you the, the number three overall pick? Is so that how this works? So painful right now. It really is. Please, 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 please don't let that be true. Don't let that be the case. Um, here's or, more. or just pay Buddha. Yeah, that's, that's got to be. I, I, if you're going to pay anybody, pay Buddha. Yeah, they, they take that money and give it to Buddha. Uh, here's Adam more from Adam Schefter talking about the Colts and their situation. What if the run on quarterbacks gets a little bit delayed? What if it's a little bit later to start than people thought? We've been hearing about quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. 
That's not going to happen, I don't believe, in this draft. And what would happen if and when we've seen Carolina make the move up right away, right away for a quarterback at one, but we haven't seen anybody trade up to two when Houston's open to listening? We haven't seen anybody trade up to number three? Because you know what? I think Indianapolis thinks there's a real chance right now that they could sit right where they are at four and get potentially the second quarterback in this draft. There's a chance we might not see a quarterback go at two or even three, and there might not be a team that trades up because the value in that isn't what we thought it would be. So Indianapolis may be sitting there with its pick in the litter, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. That could happen. That's a possibility right now. That just cracks me off. I've never heard Adam Schefter's voice go that high. It just cracks me off, man. It really does. I hope the Colts think that. <laughs> Can you imagine the Colts are sitting there? Yeah, Shefty's right. Chris Ballard, right? He's listening to Shefty. <laughs> Shefty's right, man. We could just sit right where we are. Yeah, you go ahead and you do that. And watch. Even Houston, okay, they take. They take Will Anderson at number two. You don't think there's going to be every quarterback hungry team out there looking at number three, knowing the Colts need a quarterback. So you might you might love you some C.J. Stroud, but you never thought in a million years you'd be sitting there at number four and have a shot at C.J. Stroud. And all of a sudden, you're going to be saying, Shefty's right. He's not going to take two, Court. And all of a sudden, somebody moves up to number three. Somebody better move up to number three if Willie Anderson's off the board. They take your guy, the guy you wanted, right before you. That's the most hilarious scenario. I mean, there's all these different. Because if if Willie Anderson's gone, not only do I want the Cardinals to trade the third pick, I don't really want him to trade it to the Colts at that point. The whole value of the Colts was you get a little bit in terms of draft capital and you get Will Anderson. Right. If Will Anderson's gone, I'd rather trade that third pick to Baltimore or whoever and get a ton of, of firsts and seconds that's, and that's, laugh in Indianapolis' that's exact, face. Boy, that is exactly right right now. If there's any truth to that, Will Anderson at number two. Now, this is something we talked about for the last week because the rumor was out there mm-hmm. about that. But, man, can you imagine that? The Colts would be hosed in that situation. Uh, Vinny called in, by the way. So he is our oh, hottest ticket qualifier. Vital. Right nice work, Vinny. Register to win tickets to see the Foo Fighters October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for event details and your chance to win. After a relatively passive Game 1, or at least... Half of Game 1. What does a successful night look like for Kevin Durant in Game 2? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. Just putting together the flow chart of of possibilities for that number three pick in the draft. I keep forgetting Wolf. I mean, not forgetting, forgetting, but the draft's in nine days. It's not like it, it's not like it's weeks away anymore. It's nine days away. My freak show is actually coming as well. Oh, is that next week? Starting Monday. Nice, uh, nice. The freak show. Um, all right, let's get back into uh, let's get back into basketball. Game two tonight, and I'm going to pull up the FanDuel odds. We need to play round two of 
Kevin or Devin. Okay. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. <laughs> All right, we um, we're not counting the first game, right? Because the Suns lost. That one doesn't matter, right? Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Who uh, who who got the first game right, Maloney? I did. I did. <laughs> and for some stupid reason, I agreed to wipe out my six and one record in the regular season and start over in the playoffs. No, yeah. so now I'm in last place with you. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> So the standings, I believe, Maloney 1-0, everybody else 0-1 after game one of the uh, NBA playoffs. Hey, it's one game. Just one game. That's what we've been telling ourselves in general for the last 48 hours, right? That's right. One game. I um, the, the rules to this game simple. You just have to pick who's going to score more points tonight, Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. It's that simple. You just go Kevin or Devin. We're going to go around the room. Everybody makes their picks. I have the FanDuel odds, just so everybody knows this going in, right? They're over-under for Devin Booker, 28.5 points. They're over-under for Kevin Durant, 28.5 points. No way. So even they don't know. Even FanDuel doesn't have a pick for <laughs> Kevin oh or Devin goodness, today. that is so good. Wow, okay. All right. All right, Mel, what do you say? Since you're undefeated. Kevin or Devin? I'm going to go Devin. Oh, I feel like Maloney's just, she was messing around in the regular season, just setting us all up. Yeah. And now she's just going to go on a run in the playoffs. Or not. Well, maybe not. It's a good point. I didn't think of the other side of the coin. How about you, Rick? Where are you leaning? I'm going to go Kevin. He's going to come out on fire tonight. You're going to go, wow, how about that? The certitude of which both command and control said that. Boy, I'm so torn on this. I've gone back and forth all day. Or Kevin. Because it feels like the answer should be Kevin. Because I do feel like he's making the most of his shots. But he's the one that's going to have to deal with Kawhi more than Devin. So then you would think, okay, maybe that's more of a Devin game. I'm going Kevin. You're going Kevin. Going Kevin. Oh, boy. Don't let me down, Katie. All right, Basonians. Um, I'm typically pretty bad at this stuff, but I just got this feeling. 3.37 in the morning will do that to you, by the way. I'm going... I'm going Devin. Yeah, baby! I'm going Devin! I think it's going to be a situation where, once again, coming into this game, you're going to get the Clippers, and they're going to say, my goodness... That's Kevin Durant over there, and I know Book is as good as it gets, but that's Kevin Durant. We've got to take him away. we got to take him away. A, a lot of their attention, I think, is going to be on KD, and I think Devin Booker's going to get the opportunity to go off. Now, of course, that'll change back and forth, but I think ultimately it still always comes back. If you had to pick one guy... And you're Ty Luke, one guy that you have to stop. You're going to start with Kevin Durant. We should have got the best players in the history of the game. We should call Ty Lue and ask him to play around with Kevin or Devin. Hey, Ty, who are you going to leave open tonight, Kevin or Devin? That would really help influence the uh, the voting in Kevin or Devin. I'm going Devin, man. And there's good sound reasoning behind what you just said right there. 
And also, I'm finding it's tough in this game where if you're wrong once, you start to go down the wrong path. Like, now I'm switching my pick to KD, and what if he's not the answer tonight? And then you're just, it's a mess. But I, I will say... The you know the first game what was it, it was twenty seven to twenty six between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part of this game and the, and the genesis of this game was the Suns don't have to pick; they have them both. So I how know. about it's, <laughs> I know it's, yeah. There's Isn't a reason. Great? Let me just say too. There's a reason it's Kevin or Devin. It's not Kevin or Shamit. Like it's <laughs> Kevin and Devin should be shooting the puck at the end of the game. Or not you know the what also is very cool? Just the fact that FanDuel has it twenty eight and a half for both, both of them guys. exactly twenty eight and a half. Do you believe yeah. that? I t- Wow. That's the first time since we've played Kevin or Devin yes. that I've looked at FanDuel and the, the number has been identical for both. And that's also the highest I believe it's been for Kevin this uh, in, entire run since he got to the Suns. So that leads us into the topic here of, of what is a successful night for Kevin Durant after a very odd game one. Zero points in the first quarter, 17 in the second, zero in the third, 10 in the fourth, but he didn't get a lot of shots in the last nine minutes. He only got one in the last half of the fourth quarter. So efficient when he was shooting, but just not getting enough shots. And some of that, I'm sure, was by design, courtesy of Kawhi Leonard and Tyron Lue. Yeah. um, Once again, I just you've got to be so assertive down the stretch. And that's what I want to see from Kevin Durant. And I want to see that from D-Book as well. The fourth quarter... Um, you know, I would say even more specifically, the last six minutes of that fourth quarter. I know the NBA has clutch time. They have the last five minutes, of course. But, man, I would love to see Monty come up with some ways of actually getting Kevin Durant the ball. And you got to be able to do that. Get him the screens. Allow him to come off those screens and get the ball and... Make a decision as to what it is he's going to do with that. Now, you know they're going to try to get it out of his hands, of course. They're going to try to do it. They're going to blitz him. But that's the whole reason why it was going to be a beautiful thing come playoff time. Because you can't blitz both Book and Durant. No. So That's, that's where the game of Kevin exactly. or Devin came from. Because other teams actually have to play that game before every game. Exactly. So Kevin Durant is going to be huge. They're going to try. I think they're going to focus on him more than anybody else. And realizing that that's probably going to smoke him. Devin Booker. I think Book goes off tonight. Um, this is Brian Winhorst when he was on with us earlier today along the lines of what you were just saying right there of getting Durant the ball more. The Suns seem to be very comfortable with running Durant sort of as like the weak side option where they just would just have him stand on the corner or the wing and let Chris Paul be the ball handler or Devin Booker be the ball handler, get a screen and let the ball kind of flow out to Durant as opposed to making him the primary focus of a play. Well, that's fine because that sort of style was successful in the eight games that he, when he played because the teams were forced to collapse. Well, what happened was the Clippers were like, no, man, when Durant is out there on the wing, we're going to have Kawhi Leonard stand on his toes, not leave him, and be in between him and the ball at all times. And that's why the ball kept going to DeAndre Ayton, because Chris Paul would come off of the screen, and he'd look over to Durant or Booker, and those guys were were sealed off. I mean, I don't know exactly what the Suns are going to do, but my guess would be that they would change up their strategy and have more plays where Durant directly got the ball and then went to work that way. (laughs) What are you I'm, sorry. At? I'm sorry. 
All I'm thinking of is what was the guy's name that we played his his stuff? What was it? It's this guy. Oh, Cameron Magruder. Yeah, you grabbed the ball. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 the dude was spot on, just, man. It really is. It's one of those situations where how many people right now, wherever you are, and you're listening. Okay, now again, uh, pay attention if you're driving. But still, how many people come off the couch? When D.A. drops a ball, stand up in the oh, house man. and say, catch the ball. Grab the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? How many times do you, it's just like, D.A., your hands are huge. Well, three times in the They're last huge. minute of game one, I think the entire city stood up and screamed that. How you could not just grab your thumb and index finger and pinch the ball with your hands. Just, I... He, he, you know, DA's got a problem with the handle. I, I somebody man. I know who works here, so I won't, oh. I won't say their name, but they, they said during game one, they were face to face with their TV screaming at DeAndre <laughs> <laughs> during the game. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, oh boy. You know, I saw Joel Embiid play last night too. I, I saw him get the ball at the top of the key. And he looked at the rim, and suddenly they backed off. They let him. It literally, he put the ball on the floor, right down the paint. Two dribbles went up and slammed the ball. Wow. And all I all I could think of is, and can you imagine if Da had that kind of handle too, where he could you know put it on the floor twice, taking it to the rack, elevate, use that forty inch vertical, and slam that thing. You know, ah. Uh, Wow. Look, if D.A. was Joel Embiid, we wouldn't be talking about the Suns trying to get their first championship. I think they'd be winning it every year. Yeah, but he's got that kind of athletic ability. just doesn't have a handle. That's what hurts. All right, when we come back, what are the three X factors in tonight's Game 2 between the Suns and the Clippers? We'll give you a Suns three-pointer next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.